Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. So, so excited. I love this graphic. I love the graphics that Nat does for us um, time and time again, but this one is definitely one of my, my favorites. Uh, I love the idea of advancing and uh, moving forward together um, in this new season. 25 years, bit of a reset. Church is resetting. Life is resetting. We're reprogramming. Everybody's rethinking how they do things, not to maybe just go back into old silly habits, but um, a new season is always very, very special. It's a bit like moving into a new decade in your life, and so it's really, really special. And here we are, 25 years um, on Wednesday to the day. It's hard to believe um, as we celebrate 25 years. We send to Harry, or Harry was sent to me at the start of all the people that we've lost or some of our loved ones that we've lost along the way, some of the faces that aren't with us that were with us, um, um, even even pre-COVID, like Jacqueline and Marilyn and people that were really, really special to us. And so, um, yeah, and uh, 25 years ago, I was 38. Um, I know that shocks you, but... Uh, 25 years ago, Lisa, my oldest, was 17. Amy was 15. Debbie was 13. And Philly, who's gallivanting around Spain or Croatian, Ivan at the moment, was eight. Um, and uh, if we were to focus on the complexities of the world and the things that happen in life and where we are, we ask many, many questions, don't we? We fire many questions at God in the midst of all this. And despite all the conversations that we could have now um, coming out of this terrible pandemic, um, I suppose we as a church need to refocus our mission, refocus that our mission is for the lost, that our mission is to reach a world with a fresh confidence in the gospel. God's power has not weakened. God's power has not um, ebbed in any shape or form. And so as we approach this new term, we um, sense that we are to pivot our spirits and our lives towards what we are calling a front foot posture. You know what it's like whenever um, it happens that yesterday I went to cut my grass yesterday. I think I went to start about, about half ten and I procrastinated, did something else, and then did something else, and then something else happened, and then something else happened. I think I got the lawnmower out of the garage about three o'clock. You know, and, I, and I, then Lorraine said to me, and then, of course, you have to wash your cars. I have to wash my car on a Saturday, so all right, it has to happen. And so then Lorraine said to me about tea time, are you a bit stressed? And I goes, no, I don't think so. And she goes, you've just been on the back foot all day, haven't you? And she was right. I was on the back foot all day. And so as we move into this new season, we want to get onto the front foot. We want to make sure that we are ready to advance. And so over the next months, we're going to lean in on how to be true to advancing together. And you'll see up in the corner below the advancer, you'll see the idea of Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom of God. For, and and if, you, if you actually read it in your Bible, there's a but at the start of that verse. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God. It's an interesting but because it starts uh, go, going before it is Jesus is 
It's Jesus' sermon on the mount, and he's saying, don't worry about your clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. And yet Solomon in all his glory wasn't a red like one of these. So don't worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, he says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will look after itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> so true, isn't it? So the rest of this year, we're going to be looking at this key theme of advance and the key verse that we're going to be moving um, and you're going to be seeing week by week is this verse in Hebrews 10 um, that talks about not being of those who shrink back and are destroyed. So we don't want to be people who shrink back, but we want to be people of faith, people who are moving forward. Now, over the last 18 months, we've learned some principles, I think. We've learned the principles of depending on God when we didn't know what was around the next corner. Maybe the pandemic just highlighted the fact because we never really know what's around the next corner, pandemic or no pandemic. And so um, we, we learned this fact that Peter would have penned when he wrote um, in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him for he cares for you. And so we're good at casting things on God, and that's really important. Paul maybe had the same idea in Philippines when he wrote to them and said, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests unto the Lord. So we end up talking a lot about what we roll on to God. And so there are many things over probably the last 18 months that we've rolled on to God were burdens, the things that we feel burdened about, those things that we're carrying, the weightiness of soul. Sometimes you're not even dead sure what's going on in you. It's just a weightiness inside this idea of challenges, the challenges of business, the challenges of business during um, a lockdown, all of those things that the, the, which could consist maybe of worry and of stress and just downright needs in life. And of course, just even life itself, the life of our own selves, the life of our kids, of our grandkids that we entrust to God. And what we do is we entrust these things. We give these things to God. It's like every day, every day when we pray, we're giving these things to God. We're saying, God, we're depending on you. I'm giving. I'm casting my care on you. I'm giving my burden to you. I'm giving my stress and my worry to you. And rightfully so, that is so good. And um, But I've been doing a little bit of thinking over the last season, especially over the last couple of months. And here's the thing that I've been wrestling with, all right? Because as I've been doing this, I've done a lot of this over the last year and a half. I've done an awful lot of it, giving things to God. But I felt time and time again the gentle tap of God's power and anointing on my shoulder and saying, Phil, I remember it's a two-way street. While you can give all of these things to me, don't forget that I'm entrusting some things to you. Well, you lift these things and you expect me to deal with them, and I will. I am giving some things to you. I'm entrusting some things to you, like things like your, your finance. I'm entrusting that to you. I'm entrusting your soul to you. I'm entrusting that to you. Nobody else can look after your soul. You've got to look after it yourself. I'm entrusting your health 
to you. You've got to look after your body. I'm entrusting time to you, your dairy, your calendar. I'm entrusting this to you. No one else can control this. And I'm entrusting your giftedness, the things that I've placed into your life. And God has invested in us. He has entrusted a lot to us. And he has expectations for us and from us. And the apostle, I think, tapped into this when he wrote to Corinth, when Paul wrote to Corinth, and he said, do you not realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You've been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, I'm going to read a passage. It's a lengthy passage, and I'm going to read it. If you've got a mobile phone or your Bible, I'd love you to look it up. I don't have it on the screen. And I'd love over this season maybe to get into the practice of, of just even bringing your Bible, and because sometimes it's good. I find that even in leading somebody to Jesus, it's a great idea to reach them the Bible and say, read that verse for yourself, because when you see it and read it yourself, it helps. You can look it up on your phone, Matthew 25. It's a great story, and over and over again in the Gospels, what you'll find is you'll find Jesus makes a little statement like this. He makes this statement. He says, the kingdom of God is like, and then he goes on to tell a story, and he tells a parable, and over and over again, he will say, this is what the kingdom of God is like, and he'll explain a story, and I'm going to read from verse 14 and, um, and down to verse 30, the parable of the bags of gold. I'm reading it from the NIV. Um, in the King James, it talks about talents. In the NIV, it talks about bags of gold. He says, again, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, according to his ability. So he worked out their ability, he worked out their character and their giftedness, and he gave according to that um, ability. And... Um, so he says, the man who'd received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who'd received one bag went out, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them, and the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five Bags of gold, see, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been very faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold said, came, Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. I'm giving back what you give to me. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever, will be, whoever has will be given more, and they will have abundance. That's a great word, isn't it? Whoever does not have, even what they do have will be taken from him. 
and throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's told that um, the Reverend Ian Paisley back in his heyday when he was preaching a lot, preached in this um, sermon and somebody quite wittingly said to him afterwards, what if you don't have any teeth? To which he replied, teeth will be provided. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, the nation of teeth, I'm not that sure about that. But this is a parable, this is a parable explaining what the kingdom of God is like. This is what it is. This is, this is how the kingdom works. He's telling us, even around finance and money, which is a good thing to talk about. The Bible, the New Testament talks a lot about that. It's more than about money, but he's actually talking about money in it as well. And, and I want you to, 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 to jump into this with me this morning and think about how the kingdom works. I want, I want you to think first and foremost that a master entrusts something to his servants. This isn't about us going this way. This is about the gifts coming this way. This is about talents. This is about something being entrusted to a servant. And I want you to think about the high expectations of how to steward these things that have been given to them. And I want you to think over this series, Dave and I will jump and to and fro in this series. Um, and, and I think what we want to, you to get over is it matters how you steward and handle what God has given to you. All right. I, I read a story recently of a little girl who came from a very wealthy home and went to school, and they started to bully her and taunt her for being a rich kid. And um, so she got into a fight, and uh, her teacher then reported this fight to the parents. And so the parents are sort of little girls on the on the soapbox really, and said, "Tell us what this fight was about." And the little girl said, "Well." The, kids were all taunting me because I come from a rich home and because we've got loads of money and I was getting taunted and and then she started to cry and she says why do we have to be and she's sort of blaming the parents she said why do we have to be rich why do we why can we not just be normal and the dad very wisely said hold on what's the way all about you ain't rich we're rich <laughs> your parents are rich you got nothing you're skint you are not rich so you need to get this out of your head right away. And that's a great lesson to learn when you, when you come here because um, as we step into this passage, the first thing we realize that every resource came from the master. The servants had nothing. Every resource, and it's the same with us, it's not ours. We are entrusted. Here, here's the thing. If you can understand this, the ownership all belongs to God and the stewardship all belongs to us. And we never need to get those two things muddled. Let me say that again. The ownership all belongs to God and the stewardship all belongs to us. That's a really important lesson. And if we get that out of order, then we start to mix things up. I, I read recently of a pastor who just finished a big building program and he was giving glory to God, all glory to God for this building and what has happened. And he was approached by a wealthy donor outside and he said, Pastor, it was lovely to hear you giving all glory to God, but don't forget I helped. And the pastor said, um, no, no, all glory goes to God. And the, the guy says, well, what about my money? And the, the the pastor said, it wasn't your money. It was God's money, and he just allowed you to give it. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? The worst thing that you can do is to begin to think that what God has entrusted you with is yours. That's the dangerous thing. Even though you have been entrusted with it, it's still God's. And so here's the first lesson, just three lessons, really quickly. We're stewards, not owners. 
We are stewards, not owners, all right? You see, um, how you see it shapes what you do with it. How you see it, how you see your life shapes what you do with it. I was having this conversation with Stanley a few, um, couple of years ago, actually, when leasing cars became more and more the thing that people seem to be leasing cars. And he said this little thing that stuck in my head. He said, Phil, when you look out the window at your car in the driveway, do you say, I own that car or I drive that car? Um, you see, how you see it shapes what you do with it. I knew of someone who leased a car, I'm not mentioning any names, and, and the, the car got trashed, took no care of it whatsoever, and the day of reckoning came when uh, they had to return it and got handed a, a hefty bill for the damage above and beyond normal were in turn. I'm not dead sure how the whole thing of leasing cars works, but I, I hired a car in England um, in the holidays that we were over in Bournemouth for a week, and I hired a car, and... Um, when I returned it, a young lady came out with a clipboard, and man, she went around that car. She checked every wheel. She checked every panel. She got inside. She checked the seat. She even opened the glove compartment, checked the little handbook, made sure I hadn't nicked the lock nut from the wheels, which she tells me people do. Isn't that shocking? And she'd done all of this. And um, then she gave me that official nod, and uh, that all was intact, and I would get my £200 deposit back. You see, it mattered how I treated what was entrusted to me. It mattered how you treat what's entrusted to you. It matters. Um, and if you treat your life like your owner and, and, and you just do whatever you jolly well like, well, one day, maybe sooner than you think, the real owner will come back with his clipboard in hand and he will call you to account. And he will ask questions like, as you stand before a holy God, he's going to ask, what did you do with the resources I placed in your hand? What did you do with your soul? What did you do with your body? Did you glorify God in your body? What about this one life I give you? It was just one life. You had one chance chance that there's just one shot. What did you do? What did you do with it? The parable in Matthew 25 isn't theologically difficult. You don't need a master's of theology to figure it out. The master gives five bags of gold, two bags of gold, and one bag of gold. He gives out according to gifting and character. Remember, each according to his ability, and simply expected a return when he came back and return he did. And when he returned, what will happen when we have to return our lease? What will happen when we have to return our lease? You see, if you see yourself as the owner, then you can turn a blind eye to the cost of mismanagement. But what about the great debt collector? What about the great debt collector who is returning soon and will ask what did you do with it? Paul, again, when he writes to the church at Corinth, says this. He says, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged, and we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Will it be well done? Notice in the, in the parable, I, I love this point, that there is an abundance that comes with faithfulness. There's something about faithfulness. My mom used to say this to me. She used to say, son, the, the rewards aren't handed out for prosperity. It doesn't say, well done, good and prosperous servant. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
The rewards are handed out for faithfulness. And as you walk in faithfulness, there's a joy that he invites you into. He says, enter into the happiness. The King James uses the word, enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, um, that's what he said to the first two. Well done, enter into joy. And then we see this desperate rebuke, this, this rebuke that's harsh, really, really harsh, actually. And, um, uh, and you wonder, why such a harsh rebuke? Well, maybe we need to look at the other two who got rewarded, and what did they get rewarded for? They got rewarded for growth. They got rewarded for faithfulness. They got rewarded for increase. This boy here that got the one bag, he is afraid, the Bible tells us. He is operating out of fear, which is the opposite of faith. And the Bible tells us, the writer to the Hebrews says, well, sorry, I went back to that. I, I love that little phrase, a few things. You've been faithful over a few things. When you're faithful over the few things, then God gives you more things. But this idea of this guy who got the one bag, he's operating out of fear. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need faith to please God. And when you're driven by fear, you shut God out of your life. The problem with the third servant is he didn't have any growth. He didn't have any increase. He never took a risk. He didn't have any adventure. He put his gift in the ground. He went into cruise control. And if your life doesn't require some kind of measure of faith, you should check what or who you are following because it's probably not God. Following Jesus requires faith. It is saying, I haven't it all worked out in this journey of life, but um, I'm in for the adventure. I want to grow. I want to grow in you, God. I want to begin the journey of becoming like Christ. I know it's going to take from now till whenever, but I, want to, I just want to get on to that adventure. I want to become more like Jesus. And as you do so, God begins to give you more. Why does he give you more? Because you're faithful in the few. And some may be praying, um, looking for more. Stop praying for more and start being faithful in the few, and then the more will come. That's how it happens. Start to steward well what's in your hand and watch the economy of God come into, into play. I guarantee you this will happen. The promises of God are at your very disposal because this is what the kingdom of God is like. And the guy with one bag, as I said, just was full of fear and he just played it safe and he lost everything. God has entrusted some stuff to you and you are responsible for it. And one day you will give an account. These things that I've said to you, like your finance, your soul, your health, your time, your giftedness, he is entrusted. And when you give your stuff to God, when you give your stuff to God, you expect him to deal with it. As he's given this to you, he expects you to deal with it. So as we advance together, something beautiful about this, as we advance together, seek first the kingdom of God, we... we, we we, we begin to find some things happen. Dixie's going to come, and we're going to finish again with that song, I Surrender All, because it's a beautiful song. And as we go into this new season, I'd love, as Dave said this morning, there's maybe just some things you need to close the door on. As you open the door to new things, maybe they're just some old things, as we surrender to God today, some old things that you just need to close the door on. You see, visions and dreams are a powerful thing. And some people say, well, I don't really get maybe visions and dreams. Well, maybe you just don't put yourself in the place for them. All the buildings that we've received, all the buildings that we've got, I, I, I got most of this in dreams. God has spoke to me in dreams and visions all my life. And David McClay, who's the bishop of down in Dremore now, he says, Phil, maybe just God couldn't get your attention when you're awake. 
and um, he just spoiled it completely. But maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. And uh, but it's, it's, and I, I remember clearly when we most of you don't know this story, but when we wanted to come to Lurgan first, we were a year and a half in the house, um, and then we were three years in a, a, a little farm out in. Uh, a farmyard out in Donnacloney, and then we were trying so desperately to find a building in Lurgan, and we looked at, everywhere we looked, just the door closed. Mona Head, next to where. Um, everywhere we looked, the door just seemed to close, and one night in a dream, one night in a vivid dream, Lurgan was in fire in this dream. The whole town was in fire, and I could hear the screams of people. I could hear people scream in agony, and the Lord took me vividly to every single place that we'd looked at, every building that we'd looked at. There was five of them, and God took me to every one of them in the dream. I stood outside them, and I listened to people screaming terror as the place was in fire, and then a hand touched my shoulder at the very last place, which was the Super Value building at the, at the end of the um, Wernstown Road, just at the roundabout there. That was our building. We'd done a handshake on that, and we were almost ready to move into that. And then, obviously, Super Value was given more money than Emmanuel did, and um, they, they got the building. And uh, I remember standing at that building in the dream, and a touch on my shoulder, and the voice said, you need to just stop looking and go to Union Street opposite the Army Hall. And we went the next day, and we got the keys of the old gospel hall, which was Wilson's factory shop back then, and we bought it within a week and moved in there. When we moved in there, within six months, we had just saw salvation after salvation after every Sunday. We saw somebody saved every Sunday, and in, within six months, we doubled in numbers. And then this building came up, and we came down, and we walked through this building and dreamt and believed God and that many felt it was a step too far, but God spoke in a dream again. And so here's the thing, here's the thing. Put yourself into the position. You see, we live in the last days, and the Bible says, here's what the Bible says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and you will dream. Young men will dream. That's why I dream all the time. No, they see visions. Minds are visions. Old men will dream dreams. Young men, young women will have visions. These are, these are the signs of the times. Dreams and visions and prophetic words are signs of the coming Christ. And so we need to, need to stop thinking that Dave and I are the elders are the ones who get the vision and dreams. It was lovely this week. We met with some of our leaders on Wednesday night. It was just lovely to get text after text. Prophetic words, prophetic words, just voices coming through. Here's something that, that we sense. Here's something that we sense. Here's something that we sense. This is what, this is so, so important. And so I'm challenging you all. I'm challenging me. I'm challenged with this word. This word is one of those words that makes you weep and gets you up early in the morning and keeps you awake at night. But I'm challenging me. I'm challenging you as we step into this season. What are we surrendering? What about all the things we've given to God? But what about these things that God has given to us into our hands, the resources, the things, the time, our health, our soul? What about these things that God sent? Some of these days, I'm going to come with my clipboard. <laughs> I'm going to want to return. I'm going to want to know what you did with the few things. Not, not, not rocket science, guys. Just the few things that I entrusted to you that I'm expecting a return on. Let's stand. Let's sing this over again as we um, bring this to a close. Oh, to Jesus. 
You know, the most solemn thing about this is the thing that grabs me that I've learned in the, I'm learning in my lifetime is that the resources and the things that God give us to steward are never just about us. They're never just about us. Their influence is so far reaching as you're a parent in your home, as a grandparent, your grandkids, as a businessman or woman in your business, as a worker in the workplace, as a school teacher, as a student, whatever, as a, a, you work in your shop, whatever you do, it has an influence. 
these giftings are never just about you. They're always to be dispersed. And um, I would be amiss right now if I didn't present you the best gift of all, which is the gift of Jesus Christ, God's Son. And if you've never accepted him, even you're watching online or maybe in the room and you're here by invite or whatever, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that right now. Right now. Now is accepted time. No messing about. It's not theologically difficult. It's just a matter of saying, God, I repent of my sin and I invite you, Jesus, into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I no longer belong to me. I belong to you. You are my king. You are my master. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Will you do that today? Because time is of the essence and um, it's running short. It's not in the most plentiful supply, I think. And soon he will stand with his clipboard and we'll give an account of every deed done in our body. So Lord, bless your word this morning. Thank you that we're able to now enjoy a cup of tea and coffee together and just have a little bit of fellowship. And Lord, just bless our church family. Thank you for them. Thank you for the way they steward the giftings and resources that you've given them. And may this be a challenge to all our hearts, self-included, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk